Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Support WrestleTalk. Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. This is the first one in the new studio, so apologies if there's a slight audio change. It's a bit echoey in here for now because we've got to get a load of foam to put on the walls. I'm Ollie Davis and I'm joined by the other one, Luke Owen. Hello, Swap Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm good. So we started our Beer 52 sponsorship in the YouTube show as well today. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm not going to drink the whole beer next time. I think I'm just going to have a sip on air. It was a 6.5-er. It, it was too tasty. It was a bit tasty. And I would also say, I mean, we probably shouldn't be drinking in the afternoon while we're at work. That's, that's another thing. Point A. Uh, but point B, you at the moment aren't really eating a lot of solid food because you're on another one of your Maybe weird... You sound like a baby. Like, well, it makes you look like a baby because you're eating things out of a tube. And, uh, you it's just, called a shaker. <laughs> and you're, act, you're on one of your weird health kicks again, where you just start eating stuff that you say like it's an actual word, but, <laughs> but probably isn't an actual word. Hey, ashwagandha is a word. We've been through this. Uh, yeah, so I feel like every single thing I usually do has actually been put on a hold in my head. for the, My mind, my brain, has effectively stalled for three months and now we're in the new place. Why are you doing fantasy booking warfare, Ollie? Exactly. Yeah, because I don't have the mental capacity to have done it for the last 90 days. It's like my brain has had a no-compete clause from the <laughs> old studio. But now it's expired, yep. and I'm back into all the crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm j- I, so I was researching the local area for gyms, mm-hmm. because the, the one that we were recommended is just like... A hundred running machines and not much else. You said to me last night on the phone, it is a corridor of running machines. That's what it is. Yeah. Because you've got a swimming pool, and then on the upper area, round the side of the swimming pool, is the gym. That must be well echoey as well. Yeah, so it's... Well, it's not because there's just so many just running machines <laughs> to absorb everything. Yeah. Maybe we need some in here. <laughs> and and yeah, it was it was very disappointing. There's, you need at least one squat rack which isn't connected to the bar you know the, the bar connector a smith machine or whatever they call it mm-hmm. they haven't got that so yeah so 
I did a Google, I found a place, and there's four trainers there, and they're like, come along, we'll give you an induction. And mm -hmm. one of the guys isn't just a personal fitness thing, his background isn't in boxing like the others, he's a mind and body and spirit transformation <laughs> coach. Cool. I don't know what the spirit is, how that's going to be quantified. It's going to align your chakras and all that stuff, mate. It's all that stuff that you really like about yoga. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm Louis Theroux sometimes. <laughs> I just want to see what happens. I'm Louis Theroux. I'm Louis Theroux. Uh, would you like an email from... I was going to ask how you are first. Oh, I'm, I'm fine. Um, I, I'm okay. Uh, I went to... What do you think of the new studio? I love the new place. Yeah, yeah I cool. mean, obviously we've got some teething issues that we need to get through, like soundproofing this room because it's incredibly echoey. Well, it's soundproofed. No, that, yes. was, that was the reason we got it. It's just, uh, yeah, who would have known that a, a room with nothing in is, is remarkably echoey? Yes. Uh, Everyone, and we, apparently. And I'll be looking forward to, like, building the new space. We've had a lot of requests for, like, a new studio tour, but I've sort of said that I will, I'm going to do one for Patreon, but I'm going to wait till we're actually sort of, like, properly moved in so it doesn't look like a garbage heap at the moment. Yes. We have just got stuff placed around at the moment. It's like when you move into a new house and you haven't fully unpacked yet. There's still loads of stuff at our old studio that we mm. haven't brought over yet. That's a ticking time bomb. Isn't it just? Um, but anyway, uh, I do have a piece of correspondence that I've been very much oh, looking okay. forward to reading out to you. Hit me up. So this comes from Anonymous, um, the reason for which will become... Um, oh, sorry, it comes from Vacants. Vacants. Do apologise. comes from Vacants. Hey, Luke Ganolli, I heard you talking about The Apprentice on the podcast. Love it. I worked on a couple of series of The Apprentice oh. as a runner when I first started in TV all the way back in 2010. Nice. At the time, I was working on the show. Contrary to how it looks, Lord Sugar didn't have anything scripted for him. He comes up with those by himself. No. Once the candidates were in the boardroom, we'd get to watch on the monitors, all facing the monitors, looking straight at them rather than standing awkwardly like they do in WWE. I can confirm, having watched the boardroom process live, for every witty one-liner that hits, there are at least two or three that don't. <laughs> But having worked on several reality TV formats, you'll be pleased to know that The Apprentice offers a very accurate representation of the candidates and how the events played out, and there is only there is little to no TV magic. It is a solid and consistent formula, just like WrestleTalk. Keep up the good work. I that's fascinating. Thank so you for he, your email, vacant. So he signed an NDA, which is why we've got to keep sure. him vacant or her. But cheers, Tom, for that. <laughs> uh, I I like I want to believe that, mm -hmm. and that they have no reason this is like five years ago this information's five years out of date exactly though. yeah i just there has never ever been a task where both teams have gone for the same strategy mm. it is always like one goes high volume and low quality and the other one goes high quality and premium prices yeah those things never cross over and to me that screams there's a producer going yeah, you try. You thought of this oh, way. Yeah, one hundred percent. They'll TV be like, magic. yeah, there'll be people pushing you into the directions like, oh, have you thought about doing this? Or like, cause, um, have you ever seen the show Unreal? Um, which is an, it's on Amazon Prime, and it's a show that is kind of like it's a parody of The Bachelor, um, but it's like a drama that's set around the making of that kind of show and the producers who work on that show, whose role it is essentially to ruin lives huh. because they have to sort of like bully these people not bully them but just like encourage them to get manipulate drunk and manipulate yeah. them yeah it's a really it's a really good drama actually with some incredibly unlikable characters who are your protagonists oh it's a drama yeah not a, that sounds to me like a dark 
behind-the-scenes comedy. Oh, no, it is not a comedy. It it's is not 30 Rock for it is. reality TV. Oh, no, it is dark and dark and dark. And, yeah, it is features some horrendously awful leading characters. But that actually makes the show fa- like even better to watch. Fun. It is good. Um, so, before we go, jump into the main show, would you like an Agony Arts request? Yes, we are masters of the Agony Arts. Absolutely. So this one is quite a long one, so do bear with us. Hi, guys. Unlike the usual Agony Arts, this one isn't relationship-based. I'm not as sure if it has to be, so I'm sorry if I'm not following the proper protocol. Anyway, recently I was let go from my job because I made too much money. Yes, you read that right. I started with this company while I was still in high school and worked my way up to management upon graduation. This past July, a former co-worker of mine from another branch location reached out to tell me that the company had let him go. When I heard this, I was shocked and confused as we sat together in this business and he's honestly one of the hardest working people I know. After hearing this, I asked him for more details how this came about and he told me. Um, uh, and from what he told me next, I guess I should have seen it coming to me too. He said that the company brought on several new hires. I would say you are a very high management level paragraph are your friends Mm -hmm. this is a big long chunk of text he said the company brought on several new hires and had him trained them because he was the longest tenured and the most experienced person in the division a month later they sat him down and told him they were phasing out his position due to them no longer being able to afford his salary he makes so unfortunately they would be letting him go I could hear the pain and sorrow in his voice as he pondered what he was going to do next I empathized with him but then began to worry about myself as my location had brought in a group of new hires that I had been training for about two weeks at that point The next day at work, I went to see my boss and told him that there were rumors floating around saying they would get rid of my position and I wanted to know man to man from him if that truly is the case. He asked me who I heard these rumors from and I told him. Uh, and I, to- oh, sorry, I told him from someone I started with in this business who was recently let go. He then proceeded to tell me that people get fired in companies every day, then spread rumors to try and deter people from that company, then guaranteed me that I had nothing to worry about to keep doing what I was doing. I still felt funny about the whole situation, after, but talk- after talking to him, I felt more at ease. I have a young daughter whose birthday is in the middle of December. Hey, so is mine. Uh, with my mother... Uh, in the middle of December with my mother's as well so for the past two years I've taken the last two weeks of December off in late August I put my vacation days in but a few days right before Labor Day my boss asked me to drop by his office during lunch break to talk about my request lunchtime rolled around and he was eating a sandwich when I walked into his office and when he saw me his whole facial expression changed as he was quickly wrapped up he quickly wrapped up the rest of his sandwich and pushed it to the edge of his desk he then asked me to sit down so I did and asked what was going on he tells me I should be proud of what I've done with the company and all its accomplishments I'd achieved while I was here. Uh, my not 23, uh, not many 23-year-olds can say they've made 72k a year. With that statement, I immediately knew where the conversation was headed, so I cut him off and said, you guaranteed me I had nothing to worry about and I trusted you. He tells me that nothing in life is ever truly guaranteed but death and then suggested I go clean out my office before people started to come back from lunch. I was so filled with rage and anger as a company I had given myself since I was 16, you could just let me go. Seven years I gave to that company, all for it to be over in a flash with no solid reason in mind. Despite my feelings, I kept cool and asked him to allow me to go use the bathroom before he called security to take me to the office, and he agreed as he went to finish his sandwich i then went to the restroom and rubbed the sweatiest part of my uh, testicles uh and went back to his office and gave him a good randy orton handshake and allegedly allegedly and thanked him very much for the opportunity he provided me before security took me to my office and gathered my things i guess by this point i've rambled enough 
uh, with this backstory, so I'll get back to the advice I'm seeking. Because I started with this company while I was already in high school upon graduation, I never went to college, but now I'm looking for new employment. I'm seeing that if, if not all jobs in that field I'm seeking have to have the most experience in requiring a degree. I've still taken the initiative and applied to them anyway, but I've been told by the majority of the family that I'm doing, uh, if I'm not doing a trade, then without a college degree, I will never see anything close to the money I was making previously. If I'm being honest, I've never really been a fan of school. Hell, I even got expelled from high school and had to attend at night school just to graduate with me knowing that about myself i feel like it's been a waste of money for me even to go to college does this mean i need to start over with a whole new career field in mind or take up a trade what other options may i be overlooking or am i simply overthinking this ps love the podcast it really does help take my mind off the harsh reality of life also it would bring me so much joy if the next fantasy booking warfare could be about braun Strowman trade to smackdown well become a pledge hammer and you can pledge and you can suggest that that is a lot to dive into. It really was, yeah. Sorry if I, I stumbled over a couple of words. As I said, paragraphs are your friend there, <coughs> vacant. Um, but yes, thank you anyway for emailing this in. So what are you thinking, Oliver Davis, ma- master of the agony arts? Well, I think black belt, yeah. not master. Oh, we are the master of the agony black arts. Black belt, sensei, sensei, senpai. Senpais. <laughs> Senses. Yes. He always used to call my karate instructor sensei. I, I don't I see this a lot in YouTube comments was like notice me senpai and I, which senpai I, is something different I, I feel think. like it's a reference to something mm. but I'm not down with the kids and don't know what that reference is just go with it and but don't expose your own your own age my own lack That's of knowledge yeah it's uh, like when people say like what do you think of Naruto and I'm like I'm, I'm, sure man sure love, man love so album. great <laughs> so so back to uh, Agony Request you've probably heard it a lot but you're 23. Mm-hmm. I thought you were going to end that with I'm 45. I've give you know I've been there for the last decade. Oh God, I don't know what to do. You have everything ahead of you. Oh, absolutely. I you know I th- that's when I started working. <laughs> yeah. Right. So we're we're actually this because I you know I went to uni then I did a master's so I was in the job market at 23. So you are in the job market, but with seven years of already been in the job market. And you know what I thought when I got out of uni. God damn, I could have done a lot more with my time if I didn't go to uni and 100%. went straight into the job market. Absolutely. So, I mean, there's probably actually a happy medium there where you can learn and work mm-hmm. in tandem, but I was an idiot. So you have a lot of potential there. And if... I did, So me as an employer, the idea that they would get rid of you as a young person with obviously a lot to offer, like yeah is insane like you would do as much as you can to to save those people so that sounds like a more impersonal company restructuring thing sounds like a large organization if there's two different branches at least absolutely so they must be making some bank if yeah they're, they're paying a 23 year old that much i w- i don't know what your area is but i bet like a startup if you go and find a startup in that area like you, that sort of like if you were in if you were in paper manufacturing, go and find a paper manufacturer startup. You're still young. You can make mistakes. Uh, get a job there. Not so much initially, but they will take you because you've got an experience in the area, like practical experience rather than educational experience, which is actually a lot more valuable, I think, at the start. And then you can maybe be on the ground floor as something grows, and you can hopefully get. Uh, a similarly lucrative wage packet because that's a lot of money that you're on. I, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, absolutely. wow. Yeah. I don't know what you're in. The assassins trade. <laughs> <laughs> 
he might have to take a, uh, a, a slight pay cut, but I don't think that's the uh, the worst thing in the world. Um, presumably, you've probably got quite a bit of money saved up from the, your previous employment. So, yeah, I, I think that you are 23. I didn't really know what I was doing in work until probably about 25, maybe even 26. So you've got so much uh, time ahead of you, you will be absolutely fine. Yeah, I think I started properly on Wrestle Talk 27, 28. So yeah, actually, yeah, and even then, like that, and this is now like my first, I would say, well, I'm assuming permanent job, but uh, <laughs> then almost uh, see, pa- how, see how Patreon goes. That depends on you. <laughs> uh, but let's go crack on into the show. We're going to be talking about the Ronda Rousey being attacked by uh, Nikki Bella and Brie Bella Hilton, or whatever it was. Anyway, here's the show. Ronda Rousey. Uh, was turned on. This is this is an angle we thought would happen at Super Showdown, but it didn't. It took place here. It was a rematch, a six-woman tag rematch from Saturday of Ronda teaming with the Bellas. They hugged when they came out. They're all good friends. All Ooh, women are, friends. it seems. They're either friends or bitter, bitter enemies. And the Riot Squad. It was against the Riot Squad. Really cute bit at the start where Liv Morgan was in and Brie Bella was in. I thought Liv was the standout of this match. I thought she was awesome. It's weird how WWE always make you more interested in the thing they're not pushing. Like, I ca- I'm not interested in Ronda Rousey versus any of the Bellas. No. But the Riot Squad, I, just over the last... I mean, I was already a fan. I think Sarah Logan has always been very good. Ruby Riot is very, very good. And Liv Morgan has improved so much since she was effectively the butt of a lot of people's jokes, as included sometimes at the start of this year. Mm-hmm. But the last couple of weeks with what happened, which was Brie Bella accidentally kicking Liv in the face and knocking her out. I just, yeah. I mean, the character work was never Liv's problem. No. She had that down, but she's gotten better in the ring as well. It was kind of weird as well, because the match, so whoever agents... Uh, agented the match whoever sort of like you know worked with all six girls on the match knew that's what we should kind of build this around build this down between this Brie Bella and Liv Morgan's like stare off and Liv can really play into it in her character and she didn't she, you know she was freaking out throughout the match trying to get to Brie but the commentators were not playing that out whatsoever like Michael was like I mean, yeah, I mean, there was that incident a couple of weeks ago and then quickly moved past it, as in, like, don't talk about it. Absolutely do not talk about it. But the whole match was structured mm. around it. Yeah, it's weird. It's like you only get a, this part if you follow WWE to an, an, an obsessive extent, which we do. Yeah. Uh, it kind Nerds. of... It might be the Mark Henry arm lift, I'm calling it. And that is in that famous segment where the whole crowd were chanting for Daniel Bryan and you had all the ex-WWE champions in the ring Mark Henry just lifted Daniel Bryan's hand in an attempt to cut it off and then he goes he lifted the hand then he does that stop cheering now let's get on with the scripted segment that's here let's not capitalize on someone who's organically over this this was like WWE going okay we've acknowledged it can we move on now yeah we're like no we want to keep playing with the thing that happened yeah uh, but I thought this was um, so. I haven't actually seen the Super Showdown match that they had. But from what I can gather, uh, live uh, the live squad. Live squad didn't win. Right, live squad, squad did squad. not win. No. Uh, and the, the Bellas and Rousey won. Well, uh, in quite spectacular fashion. Me and Fagador said in the Saturday review that at least they protected Ruby because what happened is both Morgan and Logan were submitted at the same time in a double arm bar by Ronda. It's a cool visual, great way to get Ronda over, mm-hmm. but, you know, not many other people. But, you know, like, at least you got Ruby there, and then you can kind of maybe build, like, a Ruby-Ronda match. 
I am very much into. Well, that's what me and Fakador were saying, like, in the build-up mm. to Super Showdown. And, like, in both of our predictions, we were like, well, it would just kind of make sense if, if Ruby won or got a big win here to, like, cement herself as a new contender for the Women's Championship once you've got the Nikki Bella match out of the way at Evolution. You're thinking with this, Luke. I'm you think- think- you got to think with this. <laughs> you got to think with your bottom. I was thinking. That's where the WWE booking comes from. I was thinking from. too far ahead. Yeah. I was future-proofing my booking. Um, so what happened here then? So yeah, Ruby, uh, because Ronda hadn't, she couldn't get in three arm bars at once, so she had to do it to Ruby. So Ronda tapped out Ruby, and then so the match was nothing. It was all about the post match, yeah. which built on. Before we get there, though, mm-hmm. the finish, and a few people have pointed this out. The finish did feature another Brie Bella botch. Oh, I missed that. So the finish was that Ronda had Ruby in the arm bar. Like getting ready to do it and Liv Morgan and Sarah Logan both tried to dive in and Nikki was there and she stopped Liv Morgan but Brie Bella was out of position for when Sarah Logan tried to stop Sarah Logan so Sarah Logan had to take a dive on her own and go facepalm so essentially it looked like Brie Bella attacked her with telekinesis because she fell over like Sarah Logan fell over and then Brie Bella was there to like pull her out the ring I am not against giving Brie Bella a telekinesis gimmick <laughs> I, don't, I don't like it's not the worst idea that they could use I mean she doesn't have to hit people then yeah she can just do it with her mind yeah. little little winks Brie mode <laughs> uh, yeah so, certainly a lot safer that gimmick mm. so that's over it's all about the post-match Ronda's celebrating with the Bellas but the Bellas turn on Ronda and they push her gently and they they kick her gently and they throw her into the... Like, they're doing everything gently. Thank God for Ronda and her amazing selling yep. because she just, like, she gets a little push and she propels herself into steel steps. She was posts. making this beat down work. Yeah. And I actually thought it was really effective due to Ronda's selling and the crowd really bought into it as well because the crowd were really behind uh, the Bellas as most crowds usually are. But as soon as this this turn came in, they did start to boo them. They always get, you know, they always get a pop when they come out. Mm. This did actually turn the crowd on the Bellas. So that was a, a successful turn. And a lot of people, because I assumed this was going to happen at Super Showdown, but given that The Undertaker and Kane did the exact same thing in the main event, that'll probably be why they saved it for Raw instead so yeah. you didn't do the same angle twice. I mean, you've still done the same angle twice, like, but it's on different shows, so it doesn't count that way. Yeah, it's whole two days. There's, there's like three sleeps in between them. Everyone's already forgotten. Yeah. The, uh, the super, despite the fact we've got a recap of it, everyone's already forgotten that happened. Uh, yeah, and a lot of, not just recaps, but rematches on this show. Mm-hmm. Super inspiring and, uh, yeah, inspired in general. But the... So it was effective in that the crowd reacted and turned against the right people and that's a testament to how good Ronda is yes her selling like her selling is for someone well I think it actually ties in because she has been beaten up in real IRL Mm -hmm. she's very effective of getting those emotions through on her face absolutely yeah so yeah it's really good and when she enters meme mode she's really good at that I just wish they didn't have this smiling person in between (laughs) but they my problem is and it's not that this was predictable because the Nikki Bella versus Ronda Rousey rumours were leaked ahead of Evolution. Like, that's probably where they're going, and that's been reported on for at least a month, six weeks. It just made sense for why the, the Bellas were back. Yeah, it's like, that's what gave it away. Yeah. You can't just suddenly say, oh, here are the Bellas, and they're best friends with Ronda. Yeah. 
and we're not going to explain that. I was going to say, it was set up from day dot. Like, yeah. from that SummerSlam moment, it was like, cool, so it's Ronda and Nikki at Evolution then. Yeah, so it's not it's not the fault of stuff getting out. It's a badly told story with day sex machinas. Well, I mean, you say it's a badly told story. Well, it's not a great told story. I'm not saying it's a great told story. It's a story. It, it is a story. With and, one great character. And I'll be honest, and like, sometimes that's all you can ask for with this company, is that it is a story. And <laughs> it's come from there. It is a story, and sometimes that is all you can ask for. It was a thing. It's, it is more than Ember Moon has. I thought she had a great match, though. <laughs> I really liked the Ember Moon match. So this was, you know, this was good. It was exciting. A turn happened. It was a thing that happened, and it elicited an emotional response. But really, this, you know, th- there should be more there. There should be more substance to it. And that's what, that's what kind of got me down about it. It's, it's just like I wasn't invested in this relationship. I always thought this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. And I'm not into the Bellas to make any of this work. I, I, I'm into Ronda, but, you know, like... She does have her problems the way she's presented, so I'm not. It's not like I'm unequivocally into her. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, totally. So yeah, I, this is a good thing that happened, but overall, what I would say about Ronda as well, in terms of like how the this Chicago crowd were super into Ronda, and most places are super into Ronda because she does feel like a legit star on mm. this roster. This crowd were so ready to rival Seattle in terms of booing your local sports team. Like, it's almost become like every town now wants to try and rival Seattle. That's and, great. Uh, that is great. And Chicago was so ready to do it. Because this is Chicago, a very, very proud town and city. Very, very ready to do this. As soon as Ronda's music hit, they were like, oh, no, forget about that. Ronda's yeah. here. Well, yeah, because Elias, now he's not with Kevin Owens... He's back in that mold of opening women's division segments <laughs> yeah. where he just does a, a gig in the ring and then someone interrupts him and there's no payoff to that. Absolutely not. He Elias just, just Thanoses. He does. And Michael Cole goes, oh, another Elias segment interrupted. Yeah. By some, oh, no, I like this person. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yeah, because Elias, was, he made a World Series joke at the Cubs' expense. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I mean, that, I've just written your local sports team. Yeah, it was a local sports team. And the crowd, yeah, it looked like they were trying to... But nope, cut it off with Ronda. Yeah. I thought they... Considering what happened last week, why wouldn't you try and I quite draw liked that it, out? though, because I think it really, like... It actually, the, the pop for Ronda was probably bigger off the back of it. I mm-hmm. thought it was really cool. Yeah, it did. It For once, it did transfer that heat to Ronda, yeah. which, which isn't what happened last week, even though the pop was a lot bigger and more negative. <laughs> Russell Ramble is taking over the Prince Charles Cinema on November 13th, 2018 for a live podcast recording along with a special screening of one of the greatest wrestling documentaries of all time, Beyond the Mat. Since you are able to regurgitate, you know, on command, um, <laughs> it, it just seems to me that, that, that it's pretty logical that you should be puke. Ollie El Fakador and myself will be in attendance to watch the film and meet everyone who comes along, as well as record a live episode of the podcast with your cues and RAs. You make it sound like you don't even want to live. There's time to know. There's a lot of times I don't. 
But this won't just be any old screening of Beyond the Mat. No, no, no. This will be a wrestler-long screening. We want to create the atmosphere of a wrestling show inside the cinema screen. That means that we want you to bring your signs, bring your costumes, and bring your chance. He's got a puke! He's got a puke! It's going to be a lot of fun, and we can't wait to meet you all there. That's November 13th at the Prince Charles Cinema in London. Wrestler-long screening of Beyond the Mat, along with a live podcast record of Wrestle Ramble. Tickets are available now from PrinceCharlesCinema.com, but they are going fast. Gave up Wall Street for Wall Street wasn't fun. Wrestling is fun. That's PrinceCharlesCinema.com. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win, and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., one size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So uh, Paul comes out, Paul from back office, who fake adore always calls Triple H, <laughs> but he wasn't in his back office clothes. He was wearing a, uh, like a T-shirt and a he's leather new, jacket. He's got new merch to sell, has Paul. Yes. Um, Have you noticed as well? This doesn't. Sound, this is going to sound like my conspiracy theory about Triple H that I often have. You know when we were doing our predictions where we said Triple H beating The Undertaker in their last ever match is the most Triple H thing that could ever possibly happen? It's it like th- there was that kid at school where you you would be playing, you're going back and forth, and okay, yeah, you, it's your your turn. You can try and beat me now. And as soon as they beat you, they go, "Ha, no, I don't want to play anymore," and runs off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was that guy. So uh, to continue that conspiracy theory about Triple H, have you noticed? He has got the coolest merchandise. He has always got the coolest t-shirts. Everyone else's t-shirts are so lame. And his t-shirts are always awesome. You know why this is? It's 
It's because he's Triple H and he no, gets it, to pick. He draws them himself, doesn't he? Oh, that's right, he does. He, he does it for NXT, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I'm going to make the Undisputed Era guy such a cool draw. What are you doing in your room? <laughs> So shut up, Stephanie. I'll be down for dinner in a bit. Because, like, Bobby Lashley will have a T-shirt that will, like, may as well just say Bobby Lashley, professional wrestler mm. or sports entertainer. He's nice. In, like, block letters, sometimes with a curve. Remember that Neville T-shirt? That Neville that was T-shirt so was awful. But Triple H's ones are really rad. I want that T-shirt for Bobby Lashley <laughs> now. I think that would perfectly suit his new character. Yeah. He's nice. He loves his sisters. <laughs> uh, but yes, Triple H is back and he walks out and he says, come on down, buddy, Sean. And Shawn Michaels comes down to they, uh, Michael Cole, because it's the start of Raw. They get a thunderous ovation. Mm-hmm. I want a little chart yep. on the levels of ovation you can have. There's what an ovation, which mm-hmm. is what the Shield and Roman Reigns get. And Triple H gets a thunderous ovation. Well, of course. I would say that's above. They come out, they talk about mountains. Yeah, um, so Triple H says that it took them 25... Uh, 25 years is a long time to climb a mountain, but they finally made it to the top, the mountain being beating The Undertaker. Uh, but when they got to the top, an avalanche happened, and all of a sudden, a recap video starts playing. He didn't think... He didn't, like... He, he, he motioned. He, he turned his body to look at the Titan Tron. But we got a video package, which was handy for me, because I haven't seen Super Showdown, um, with Triple H and uh, Shawn Michaels being beaten up by Kane and The Undertaker at the end of Super Showdown, where there was meant to be all about respect. because this, And then that leads into this promo that's all about respect. So I like the respect angle. I think that's a fascinating, meaty way to take this feud. Thank you very much. Because you've got the whole thing with Shawn Michaels and he stayed out of... He stayed retired because of respect for The Undertaker. There's an argument that maybe Undertaker doesn't respect this concept because he should be retired also because of the Roman Reigns match. But those arguments about respect really go out the window when at the start of that match at Super Showdown, Triple H uses his clout to go, huh, it's no DQ now and my buddy's going to interfere a lot. Mm -hmm. And granted, Kane is also... At ringside, so it's not like Undertaker is outnumbered. But Triple H and Sean cheated, not cheated because it's a no DQ match, but they, you know, unfair, this was gamesmanship tactics way more than the Brothers of Destruction. And it was all Sean and Triple H ganging up together to beat The Undertaker. So all this talk about respect, it's like, but you, what, what happened? What, what respect did you show? Yeah, what, yeah, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's my thorn in this. And but that, I, I did like it. I re- what I really liked about Triple H's promo here is he talks about respect, and he starts making allusions to like I, you know, I had the respect. Respect is when you come into a company and someone takes you under their wing, and he looks at Shawn Michaels, and he's like, uh, respect is someone being your tag team partner and having your back for your entire career, and respect is you know like Sean staying retired and I really like this because he never explicitly said that that's what it yeah. was but it was just it was always these allusions to it like that when he came into the WWF Sean Michaels it like instantly took him under his wing and sort of taught him the ropes of, of how to get ahead in this promotion well he needed and- a driver they needed someone sober they did and, and you know and, it, and it's worked out well for, for, for Triple H is that and- alright and then uh, Shawn Michaels starts talking about how the flight to Chicago was really long because they came back from Australia, which is a 20-odd hour flight. Uh, and he said that he's thought a lot about the last eight and a half years since he's retired. And he said that, that respect that he thought was there 
turns out it never existed. And he said the plane door opened and he had three words in his head and he looked at Triple H and Triple H, as if reading his mind, said them, are you ready? And he said, but it's not those words, these aren't words for the Brothers of Destruction at Crown Jewel. And then they unveiled their brand new DX t-shirts to get more merchandise. Yeah, well, you know, you've got to, you've got to have these things in place. Absolutely. Same with the shield. Uh, yeah, and then, yeah, they challenged them for that Crown Jewel tag match, pose in the ring, to DX's music. Which well, I popped for. Well, I mean, I yeah. popped for all of this. How can you not? It's Shawn Michaels and Triple H. And I thought this was a really great segment. I really yes. like this. And, Good opening. Um, yeah, and so that's billed now to the DX versus Brothers of Destruction match at Crown Jewel, which was first reported by Dave Meltzer, who, of course, makes up all the stories uh, in the Wrestling Observer <laughs> newsletter. Next up, we got Bobby Lashley versus <laughs> Kevin Owens in, I must say, a fascinating match, well, which yeah. I adored because... Was it me and you talking about how I want to see Owens as a babyface? And it might have been fake enough. Like, I'm, I'm there now. I'm there. I want to see Kevin Owens have a bit of a babyface run. Yeah, I think it was Fakator. And because I, I saw him in that ROH period when he got came away from Scum and he, he was like, he was still Kevin Steen, but he was doing things that were morally right. And it was just all the more awesome. And... That's that's kind of what happened here. The Chicago crowd were really on his side. And at first I thought, man, they've booked that they think that Bobby Lashley and Leo Rush are a babyface act. Leo Rush out there with a microphone now, getting people to cheer Lashley. Just wearing a, a, a jacket without a shirt underneath, showing his chest and he's like, You look like a douchebag, you're telling us to cheer, you douchebag mate. Boo you. And this is what WWE thinks is a baby face. No wonder it's all going down the pan. Actually, not at all. They they were positioning them as the heels. It was all by design. And I was like, and they, I thought Bobby Lashley and Kevin Owens had a really decent match as well. Kevin Owens in particular with that sent on over the top rope, the stunner. Yeah, he was doing all the moves to pop the crown. Yeah. And Bobby Lashley's role in this match was to just shut that down and go back to some headlocks or some you know solid fundamentals to get the crowd against him and you've got Leo Rush on the outside going my man my man Bobby Lashley and cheer it, cheer cheer for him Lashley Lashley Boo. and it worked so well mm. I thought this was a, a an ingenious double turn in the completely right place to do it as well yeah. like, because this Chicago crowd was always going to be behind Kevin Owens in this scenario like if, if Kevin Owens had any match this Chicago crowd was going to be really behind him so this was a very smart place to do it and a really interesting double turn I thought it was I thought it was fascinating but even when Lashley won with the like Owens had a great kick out yeah. off the delayed suplex yeah uh, he got the great near fall yeah, yeah yeah but Lashley wins and I thought I was even then I was like so is this just a one week thing because they're in bizarro land of Chicago but then Lashley turns round walks back down and does like a heel attack on Owens, putting his legs round the ring post and slamming his knees against the steel. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, holy moly. Yep, and the commentators are there to tell you how to feel. They were all going like, this is not the Bobby Lashley that we know. Bobby Lashley has been saying that a change needs to come. It looks like that change has arrived. So they were putting over this as a new heel persona for Bobby Lashley. I thought it was. I thought it worked really, really well. And apparently, WWE.com are putting over that Kevin Owens is now injured. Yes, and he's, he sustained injuries from this. He'll be so, back next week. Well, yeah. But I thought, like, aside from the fact this is really fascinating, and it's going to be the first time we've seen Kevin Owens really in all of WWE, including NXT, because his only face moment he had was when he first debuted 
and he had that match yes. against um, Juice Robinson. Yeah, for and, all of two hours. Well, exactly, yeah, because he had the opening match against Juice Robinson, beat him quickly as a babyface, and then at the end of the night turned heel on Sami Zayn, like, you know, two hours later. So we've only ever seen him as a heel. So this is our first chance to see Kevin Owens as a babyface in WWE. So that's interesting enough. But what's going to happen when Sami Zayn comes back? Mmm, babyface tag team could be a babyface oh, tag team finally well that's still quite a long way off it seems i think that's wrestlemania by the earliest. Or was it wrestlemania i thought it might be the rumble might be rumble might be rumble yeah because that good sammy comes back he runs into the ring you get the stare off owens is a face now where does sammy like where the, his allegiances lie and then they both unite together and fight off everyone yes. oh, oh my that's god a great spot yes beer <laughs> <laughs> um so the, i but it's as great as it is there's no substance to this. Like, where was the foreshadowing of the turn? It was on social media. Was it? Yes. Okay. They, that's what they were saying in commentary, is that Bobby Lashley's been teasing this on social media. For the last week? Last two weeks. Right. So, it's all been on social media. Someone actually tweeted me this morning. Um, I, I, I'll be honest, I can't remember who it is. Do apologise. But they suggested that, like, a more interesting way to do this is for Bobby Lashley to have turned heel against, like, not against him, but essentially blame John Cena being like, I've come back here. John Cena's just shown up and stole my spotlight at Super Showdown. He was the one who did everything in that match. Um, where's my time? Yeah, that yeah. would have... Uh, yeah, that could, could also fuel it. Maybe that's the reason they'll say next week, hopefully. Well, but yeah. in terms of telling a story through physicality, with no promos, just like wrestling, mm-hmm. this, was, this was exemplary. Yeah, I thought this was really good. And Leo Rush and Bobby continued that later... Finn Balor and Bailey are backstage. Just in case there was any ambiguity over where their moral stance is, Leo Rush comes in and trashes Balor and Bailey. And they say that they are too sweet, yeah. mockingly. Oh, that was really, really good. Very, very good. Uh, they also announced that. Um, so we're getting the World Cup, um, and we, the World Cup has been announced for a little while now, but it's never really been explained what the World Cup is. So we've now learned that the World Cup is a one-night tournament to determine who the best in the world is. Shrug shoulders, like, I have no idea. Like, what does that even mean? Apart from I've heard that before. CM Punk was unconfirmed. Yes, it's happening. There you go. Thank you very much. Uh, but John Cena's going right in, mm-hmm. so he doesn't have to qualify. Yeah, they said there's, going to qualify, cause there's two qualifying matches on SmackDown. There's Randy Orton versus Big Show and Jeff Hardy versus Samoa Joe. But John Cena, he's the greatest of all time. He doesn't need to qualify for the world cup his you know his track record speaks for itself so he's going straight in yeah i mean that's totally the antithesis to what cena's character is where <laughs> i'm humble man i'm gonna earn every spot even though i'm an all-timer remember uh, wrestlemania i can't get on the wrestlemania card yeah. i need to try everything i can to get on the wrestlemania card he's like nope i'm just walking into this one well it shows how important the world cup is uh going by the graphic as well all the other people are a miss <laughs> again i I wish they'd stop using that silhouette. Yeah, and I think that... So there's four from Raw, four from SmackDown going into it. And so we know two of the ones from Raw um, from this show. And we're going to know two from SmackDown mm. by the end of tonight. Well, John Cena's a free agent. But I think they're counting him as Raw because they announced it on they Raw, are, yeah. I think. Um, and I think that Lashley, uh, Balor and Jinder are also part of this. At least those will seem to be the faces that were also teased in this World Cup thing. You, you need you need anyone who's not American, really. Is is Jinder representing Canada? <laughs> Depends on where they want the gimmick mm. to be that week. Uh, then we got the Elias stuff, which fed into the Ronda Rousey and Bella's turn with the Riot Squad match. Mm-hmm. And then we got Finn Balor and Bailey 
taking on Jinder Mahal and Alicia Fox See, in not a super showdown rematch, but a mixed match challenge rematch from the week before. I think you'll find it's Team B and B versus Mahalisha. So get it, get it right, mate. What's the, well, otherwise, what's the point? What is the point? That's well, a very existential question. To this so match. we have seen for the last couple of weeks: Bala beat Jinder, Bailey beat Alicia Fox, and then as a team, they beat them on mixed match challenge. So what happened here? They beat them they be- again. They beat Luke. them again. Yeah. yeah. And this is. I mean, you just want to talk about a one-sided feud that's going nowhere. Like they keep building this as like what you know, what a feud that's going on at the moment. Bloody isn't. Yeah, it's it's a series of matches. <laughs> it's a series of effectively the same match. Mm-hmm. And I have sympathy for WWE because Sa- whatever Sasha Banks's injury is, they haven't really given out many details. Nobody knows what's going on there. Banks and Bailey were presumably building towards something for Evolution. But now those plans have been scrapped because of Banks' injury. So they've thought, okay, let's make Bala and Bailey an act. Yeah. Um, but that was, you know, that was four weeks ago now. That's fine for you're caught in a bind on the day of the show. Why you still use it? It's like no one's got, oh, this was the placeholder that we were meant to change. <laughs> ah, no. And we've been, do- guys, we've been doing it for the last month. Yeah, we were meant to change. Were you meant to change that, Steve? I'm sorry, guys. No, I think Steve would be pa- passing on the blade to someone else. Like, no, no, Craig said he was going to do that. Craig, Craig, it's Craig's on holiday this month. No oh, one told. No one Craig. told him. His hat off office is ah. on. Ah. So yeah, so they, they won. It was a match. But um, do you remember when Bailey and Balor were like NXT's cutest couple in 2015, and everyone was really like, I say everyone. There were quite a few people who were obsessed with like their. Are they going to like set them up as this sort of like? couple like the power couple of nxt because you've got Finn as the nxt champion and bailey's the nxt women's champion they're gonna like set them up as like this big sort of power couple and then it was only on the house show things it's interesting how you can really look back at nxt and give distinct eras so you know you've got like the neville reign then you've got Who? The, that guy <laughs> name redacted you've got the gen- like the generic You've got the Owen stuff, then you've got Bala, which was kind of the same time. Uh, Samoa Joe and Shinsuke, Shinsuke uh, Bobby Roode and Drew McIntyre and Almas, that kind of bit. And now we're in the, the Champa era with yeah. Black, and Black was kind Gargano. of the, the unfortunate prologue. An undisputed era, yeah. An undisputed era. But like, if you told me to go back and name eras of Raw or SmackDown... Well, it's it's been the Roman era for the last five yeah, odd years, I guess so, yeah. and then before that, it was the Cena era for a decade plus. Can't Roman get called up now? <laughs> Can't he goes somewhere else. Um, so, building on from storylines they've been telling for the last few weeks, uh, Braun Strowman, Dolph Ziggler, and Drew McIntyre were all backstage because they've got their rematch for of their Super Showdown six man tag, and Dolph's there trying to psych everyone up, going like, "Come on, guys, we can win this tonight." But he's a cheerleader. He is a cheerleader. Well, his background. Is, absolutely. And, and Drew sort of stands up and he says that he is sick of Dolph calling the shots. And he just sort of like goes like, I mean, I might be mistaken, but we weren't pinned at Super Showdown. And then uh, he says, you, uh, you shouldn't worry about me. And then Braun gets up and he's like, you, you two are only here to watch my back and make sure that I become the Universal Championship because that's best for all of us. Not sure how it's best for all of them. I was but- confused by why I, I get that if... Braun isn't happy, he's going to kill people. <laughs> so maybe that's the best for all of us is living. Yeah, that's in, absolutely, in yeah. Dolphin Drew's term. Yeah. So then we got... 
This might be my favourite, yeah. I was about to say the exact same thing. This might be my favourite segment of the whole show. When I'm, did you figure it out? That it, oh, too late. Same but here. Too late. <laughs> it was, same here. <laughs> in fact, I can tell you when it was. And I felt, and as soon as I realised, I was like, I'm such an idiot for not yeah, realising I forgot this. that was a storyline. <laughs> so... Uh, Baron Corbin comes out and he's like I loved this so this was much. great like all top to bottom this was great Baron Corbin heel general manager it's the crown jewel world cup there's going to be qualifying matches so Baron's like you know I'm a fair general manager I put myself in a match to qualify I'm not just going to put myself in there automatically cough John Cena so I'm up against the best that the world has to offer. He scoured all the corners of the planet to find the best competitors from around the world. And it was funny as well because previously he was in the, like, walking backstage and Heath Slater comes up to me and he's like, hey man, I'd really like a spot in that battle royal so I can get a crown jewel. And Baron Gorm was like, you're no good. Like, you're, <laughs> you're rubbish. You're not going in. And he walks off. In my head, I was like, there's going to be some NXT surprises in this. It's no. going to be, a, I thought to myself, this is going to be a genuine battle royal and there's going to be some NXT guys in there and there's going to be a big thing and I was like it's not main roster caller but it's going to be this sort of big you know wow look at this guy he's finally he's qualified for the world cup I didn't see this even this bit coming but as soon as it did I loved it even more than my initial NXT call up wish well I didn't think it was going to be I just thought it was going to be Apollo Crews uh, well yeah like a ring yeah, no, full of, not a NXT, ring full of, no NXT well people. I thought it was a ring full of dorks and some NXT guys I, yeah I just thought it would be dorks and it was dorks in a different way it was, <laughs> it was non-contracted dorks they were enhancement talent and they each had a stereotypical country gimmick oh my god it was so funny yes yeah, so this was great a generic luchador got a big crowd because he kind of looks like El Generico yep or maybe it was a local wrestler uh, there was a Belgian guy who was a the, chef the Belgian waffler yes <laughs> Uh, and then there was, it comes to like this guy in an all over gold body. It's Conquistador. It's Conquistador, yeah. I got so excited. I was like, Los Keys. What a great way to like relive that gimmick yes. of Los of Conquistadors. And the commentary were even saying, like, uh, who is Conquistador this time? And they'd like name the original Conquistadors. Like, or is it Edge and Christian when they were pretending to be the Conquistadors during their feud with the Hardys? Is it the Hardys during that same feud when they were tending to, uh, pretending to be Conquistadors? Could have been Christopher Daniels who did play the Conquistador <laughs> on TV once. They didn't say that one. No, they didn't say that one. <laughs> I mean, I've written it was like, seriously, the Conquistador is back. This is amazing. But he didn't get that much of a pop. No. They, which the, was weird because like, they, they set it up for a big pop, but yeah. it was only a mild pop. The the commentators popped more than anyone yes. else does. But I did like they said, there's a guy from Luxembourg who's got like a sash that says Luxembourg, so you know where he's from. And it's either Michael Cole or Corey Graves goes like, I think JBL lost to that guy on a house show once. Nice. Which I thought was really, really funny. And then Corey's like, I've seen a lot of these guys on YouTube. They're really good. Yeah. So, <laughs> <It's amazing. laughs> so you've got all these guys. The match starts. The gimmick is Baron's going to easily beat them all. But they all bundle yeah, on him. Yeah, so you're like, okay, that's another fun twist on the match. Me meanwhile, Conquistador just gets out the ring and sits down and starts like having a sit down outside. That was when I worked out the Conquistador was winning. I No, I, were, I thought, oh, he's just... So in my mind... Given WWE's history, I thought, okay, they're they're doing a lazy Mexican gimmick. <laughs> That's not me. No. That's me thinking someone else is racist. But yeah. you know, credit to them, they no. didn't do that. Well, that was when I worked out. I was like, cool. So Conquistador was winning, and it's going to be a big reveal of who it is. Such an idiot did not think at this point who it could be. I didn't even think that. I thought Conquistador was going to get in, 
after Baron Corbin had it won, pop the crowd, but then Corbin, he'll yeah. eliminate him as well. Like Santino in the Rumble. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, all, the, all the country jobbers beat up Baron, but Baron fires back with the strength of Braun Strowman, chucking them all over the ring, eliminates them all. He celebrates, but in gets Conquistador. The crowd are like, yay, and they should have gone see. And then you think, okay, well, I thought Baron's just going to throw him out. No. Conquistador hits a German suplex that looks very familiar. Well, you say, I'm such an idiot. Maybe it was too early. Maybe I hadn't had a cup of coffee and I was like, it's not Brock Lesnar, is it? Chris Jericho. Oh, so you thought it was Jericho? No, no. As soon as he popped those hips, I was like, that's Kurt. No, I, I, as soon as he hit German suplex, I've gotten so conditioned to think that's a Brock Lesnar thing. I was like, is that Brock Lesnar? I was like, he's far too small to be Brock yes. Lesnar. <laughs> and then he hits the <laughs> angle slam and then my brain, I was like, Oh, it's Kurt. That makes so much more sense. Yeah. And then Kurt eliminates him. And I genuinely thought for a moment, they're going to keep this going for a couple of weeks of like Baron Corbin wanting to know that would be who Conquistador yeah. is. And all the crowd know and everyone else knows but Baron Corbin. And they could really play that this off for a couple of weeks. But he took, takes the mask on and reveals that it's Kurt Angle. He's part of the World Cup. I thought this segment was absolutely awesome yeah it was I loved really it. good made uh, me laugh so much so Kurt's walking backstage afterwards and uh, Charlie's you know wants a word with him and he goes hey I'm still on vacation did you see his wife's tweet no she um so they posted up the WWE posted up this uh, video on their Twitter feed she quote retweeted it going like you said you were just going out for some milk great Whoa. stuff uh, I, I, I agree though I think that would because we've got quite a long time till Survivor Series well five weeks so you could at least have two weeks of comedy build before you go serious yeah well it's, it's Crown Jewel you need to build that mate. you need to be super serious for that well it could be well you can unveil him as Kurt before set before the Saudi Arabia show just yeah. in case the you don't want to confuse the prince too much do you you could have done it as like a a contract signing um, I've got a question for you Please, and yeah. the SWAF nation mm-hmm. what did Kurt wear better <laughs> this the gold body gimp suit mm-hmm. or the shield vest cosplay well I thought he looked a bit sad in the shield get up yeah um, he didn't look as sad in this one so I'm going to go with the conquistador I'm going conquistador too yeah, yeah. should we put a poll up we were, oh yeah definitely yeah, I mean, definitely we won't, we won't remember to put it but um, we'll say that there's a poll above our heads then we got Ember Moon versus Nia Jax and at first I was like I don't really care about this because I'm not invested in their friendship. That Ember Moon brought Nia Jax back a couple of weeks ago. That's all that's there, really. There's no actual proper friendship. It hasn't been built up in any other stories. But they had kind of like a shake before the match. Respect. We're friends. We're just going to see who the better one is. And they took it to each other. Yeah. Like, this is what I want to see from women's wrestling, not standard WWE guff. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Nia just sort of tossed her around and, you know, tossed her hither and yonder. Uh, but it all sort of heads outside and there's, like, some scuffle on the outside. And then uh, Ember gets back in just before the 10 count and Nia Jax gets counted out and Ember Moon sort of celebrates in the ring. And then there's that moment when Nia Jax gets in the ring like, oh, is she going to do the... T- is she going to turn heel after being babyface for going on six months? And uh, But no, she she's remaining babyface there still. Ooh, friends. Yeah. Uh, so I like this. I mm-hmm. thought this was good. Uh, I just think I never really thought of Nia as a great opponent for Ember. But actually, the the size difference, just the the clash of styles, yeah, very yeah. much into that. Absolutely. I think Nia does work really well 
um, particularly like I mean I always go back to the Bailey match at um, TakeOver London mm. and I thought those two worked really really well together around that sort of the size difference I think with the right opponent Nia actually looks really great what didn't look great on the mic at least Trish Stratus was Trish Stratus mm. this was this was bad Trish yeah. Stratus comes out and cuts a rubbish promo it was badly written and it was poorly delivered yeah, she says that last week Alexa, uh, she had a Alexa had a moment of bliss, but it was more like a moment of BS. Which is a, that's a good line actually. And then she was like, "Now it's time for a moment of Trish, Mo- moment of satisfaction." Moment, okay, satisfaction. Thank and God it, Alexa came out, and it was just like joke quotes after joke quote, uh, and it just you know made me feel more depressed every time she did a line yeah but Alexa Bliss comes out and like yeah they did some like jokes back and forth Trish was making fun of her for maths which is only really funny if you were following Alexa on social media yeah they didn't even point it out on Raw so yeah like we did a news thing about it last week and everyone kept saying like oh she's a heel she was meant to miss I was like no it was just a genuine mistake Um, and yeah I liked Alexa there Alexa was like you're so lucky I was not wrestling when you were because I would have cast such a shadow over you and you would have been completely irrelevant. I thought it was, it was really, really nice. And then Trish ch- like challenges us to get into the ring. I was amazed at this point that Mickey James had not said a thing, considering the like history between Trish Stratus and Mickey James. Yeah. And then they step into the ring, but Mickey stops Alexa. And um, yeah, and then Trish said she's going to give uh, Alexa a Hall of Fame, Hall of Fame beatdown. Uh, and Mickey said, well, I've never had one of those before. So maybe me and Alexa should team up to take on you. And Trish was like, oh, well, thank God I've got a tag team partner. Thankfully, that, that person was here and their music was queued up just in case you were to come out and challenge me to a tag match. It's almost like it's pre-planned. Yeah. And she says that my tag team partner is here and it's Lita. And uh, Lita comes out. Um, all four women fight. Lita teases the moonsault, but Alexa pulls Mickey James out of the ring. And that was it. It was amazing that this show started with four matches announced for Evolution. One more match was added, yet at the end of the night we've still only got four matches announced. That's a good way of looking at it. Yeah. Um, I, this. My takeaway from this is Mickey's going to work the majority of the match. Well, yeah. Jesus. It looks, this is going to be no good in the ring. Well, it, uh, and, but yeah. James is very good. It looks like that Alexa is still hurt, because that's why she's not been in the mm. ring since Hell in a Cell. And maybe, this, yeah, maybe that's why they did the change. And this is a way to like, yeah, because this was meant to be two singles matches. It was meant to be Alexa and Trish versus Mickey, and Mickey and versus Lita. But they've now turned that into a tag match, and it might just be to keep Alexa on the apron mm. uh, and not work too much of the match. So that that's certainly a possibility. I don't know if that is the case, but it's certainly a possibility. Yeah, well, that um, that makes sense, and it kind of makes whatever Bliss's injury is sound a bit more severe. Yeah, and it's although it's really funny as well that a lot of people were saying about this show is like, man, the show opened with DX challenging Kane and The Undertaker, and then later on in the night there was a segment that was built around Mickey James, Trish Stratus, and Lita. It really did feel like I'd tuned into Raw from 2006. Mm. But, or maybe Raw from 2013, because next up we got The Shield doing the old school promo. I love this. Picking the the camera. camera starts on the floor, it's black and white. There's the little grainy lines going across the screen horizontally. And yeah, they pick it up and they cut a promo. Great delivery. And you know what I love? They're looking straight into the camera. Because that makes it... It just makes it feel 
more intimidating. Well, That's what you want. Absolutely. Rather than yeah. looking slightly off camera or to an interviewer who's not in shot. Yeah. So me and Fagador were talking about this in the NXT review, which we're now doing on a weekly basis, thanks to our Patreon pledge hammers. Cheers, guys. Cheers, guys. You should go and watch that review as well. It's good fun. Um, one of the things we were talking about that we really like about NXT is that they do have backstage interview segments with um, Kathy Kelly, who I'm almost certain is an angel, and they're doing a sort of interview segments with that, but they also have people doing their own backstage segments where they just talk to the camera, but mm. each one of them feels unique. So the Undisputed Era always have like this sort of grating around them, like Adam Cole hanging off one of them. Nikki Cross kind of promo where she's kind of in this sort of smoky hallway. Sanity, when they were on NXT, used to be around like this burning bin, like they were homeless people. And everyone has just got their own sort of individual places that they cut these promos in. And it makes everyone feel unique and different. And that's a good thing. Problem is, when you do everyone just doing interviews with Kayla or Charlie or whoever, and they just say the same thing, like it's so it's instantly forgettable yeah. because they're just saying the same words that everyone else does in the same tone of voice. And that you you really need to maximise every single second you have on WWE TV to get over your character. And it, if yeah, if you're flattened into the same format as everyone else, that's not going to be as effective as not just cutting the promo in your own style. But the whole shot and the set dressed according to your character. I completely agree. Loved the S.H.I.E.L.D. promo. Um, so how did you feel about the next segment? I gave up on this last week. <laughs> I'm not, I've let it go. Shanti, you know? Yeah. It, it's, it's past. Well, let's recap this story thus far, shall we? Bob, okay. So, Bobby Roode and Chad Gable become a tag team. The idea is Chad Gable is really keen. Bobby Roode feels like he's found his meal ticket because they start winning matches together and Bobby doesn't have to do much. They beat the Ascension once, twice, and then Chad Gable faces Victor from the Ascension. No, he faces Victor in a singles match first. Oh, I forgot about this bit. And Chad beats Victor. But then he faces Connor. And Connor beats him. So last week, Bobby Roode was like, okay, I'll face Connor. Connor beats him. So how can they beat them? Let's do a tag match. Wait a second. They've already done this twice right at the start of the feud. So it's a story told out of order. If you if you told it from the Chad Gable-Victor singles match, that makes perfect sense and it's actually intriguing. But here, no. But uh, yeah, they, they won in the tag match. Yeah, because it tells a story of both guys being more effective together. But we already know that's... True. We already know the payoff. Yeah. And we've seen it. Yeah. Twice. And um, yeah, Connor cuts a promo beforehand because they're pushing him as the star of this, this, th- these four people. He got a lot of camera work as well. Yeah. Yeah, like the camera really focused on him. Yeah. And um, well, he's a big guy. Mm. And uh, he said he's going to beat them both, uh, crowd channel for CM Punk, which was booed slightly, in all fairness. Um, so Rude gets the hot tag, but then Gable sort of tags himself back in and he hits the Chaos Theory uh, to get the win. Rude didn't look too happy about the fact that Chad blind tagged himself in, even though. That was kind of what they did right at the start. Again, sort of telling the story very much out of order. Um, I like that bit, though. It yeah. was it was a little bit to sow the seeds for later on. Yes. It's just the, the perfect amount of tease. And then all of a sudden, AOP run down. And boy, do they run. Yeah. Jesus. They were on a warpath. I was scared. They had some books to write. Yeah. And they wrote them. They charged past Connor. Connor didn't... Keely 
did not take much of a beating mm. in this because they're protecting him. But they laid they lay waste to, to Bobby Roode, and then they give the super collider to Chad Gable and Victor of the Ascension, and just sort of lay everyone to waste, which builds up from their attack they did last week on the B team. Yes, who beat the Revival? Just to remind everyone that the Revival lost to the B team last week. So it really puts over AOP. But again, I, I said this last week. I don't know what it's building to. Well, that that's it. We've got to just with all this Chad Gable, the the glorious brew, the glorious Gable, <laughs> whatever they call themselves, Glabeless. team team B and C, uh, and the Ascension. Let's just it's it's nothing. So let's just not pay attention to that. Let's focus on AOP. They're really pushing AOP. AOP have laid a few people out. AOP now have a few enemies that they can conceivably have matches and feuds with. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I liked it. And, you know, Drake Maverick poses with them in a, in a leather jacket still. Looks so much better when he's not <coughs> cosplaying as them. Then we got a DX video package to remind us all what DX are. Well, they also announced that it's officially it's Nikki versus mm-hmm. Ronda for Evolution, which, oh, right. importantly, and it, as my notes have right here, has got Little Mix as its theme again. So it's their track Salute. So <laughs> Salute. So very happy with that. Uh, yeah, and then we've got a video package for DX, which did not show a lot You've of the their... same thing. Not yeah. a lot of their early years when they were good. It was mostly focused on their 2006 run when they were not good. When they were... Turn the channel over right now. I hate this. <laughs> I want TNA. Back. I was talking about this on the uh, Discord channel today. That... Because... DX have all they've taken over the uh, WWE Twitter feed as well like they sprayed DX over the uh, the Twitter image and like the, the header image and things like that I was like do not be 2006 DX and I said this on the Discord channel if people think that the Bellas make you want to change the channel or Roman wants you to make the change the channel they have those two have got <laughs> nothing nothing on 2006 DX who were the dirt worst they were awful when you think of DX what do you think of I, hilariously, because of when I, I was really getting into wrestling, my DX is Triple H, X Pac, and the New Age Outlaws. That's same here. Yeah, yeah. Like that's my. I think of those DX, or like even at a push, uh, Sean. My well, yeah, those guys still like the invasion with China sometimes. Yeah, like and the original version when it yeah. was uh, Shawn Michaels, Triple H, and China. Like I have as a faction, yeah, not I, as just Triple H and Shawn. Yeah. I've got uh, quite you know, quite some good memories of those two there, but mostly like that sort of ninety yeah. uh, ninety eight to two thousand yeah, era yeah, when yeah. it was like the the foursome when Shawn Michaels was unfortunately injured, um, but yeah they were just uh, a lot of the stuff from two thousand six with their do you remember that feud with Vince McMahon that just went on mm. and on and the and spirits on. Stuff oh was, my god it was patronizing it, it was never awful. ended. it never ended so immature like off puttingly immature my highlights in terms of these guys are the absolute worst and they are really putting me off watching Raw was when they were the tag team champions and they did a gauntlet match for the tag team championships and they squashed every single team in the tag team division they all came down lost within a matter of seconds to super kicks and pedigrees and at the end of it you're like cool so who are your next challengers then great great stuff oh and when they threw poop on Vince McMahon and <laughs> Green Goop. Oh. Do you remember when they uh, they packaged up the Spirit Squad and shipped them back to OVW? That is quite a funny meta joke. Inside references, man. Uh, so then we got the main event segment, which weirdly kicked off with Paul Heyman. Yeah. Saying, like, you know, uh, Brock Lesnar's still facing 
for the title winner in a triple threat at Crown Jewel, by the way. Don't forget that. He's going to become the first ever Jewel Sport champion. Yeah. All great. And he sort of goes to introduce Lesnar, but then the Shield come out through the, the crowd instead. I really liked this promo. It was, it was really, good. Yeah. It was really great as well because it again puts over this idea that we're not meant to like uh, Brock in terms of, it said like, Roman and Braun Strowman, they flew to Australia, 20-hour flight, they flew to the other side of the world to entertain you all by beating the holy hell out of each other. And then they've flown 20 hours back to come to Chicago to beat the holy hell out of each other again. Meanwhile, Brock Lesnar has been at home he has been in bed having nice home-cooked meals and then he's gone for a run nice little run to a gym that he built himself that's designed specifically for him <laughs> and he's having a great time and i was like and he's married to sable and i was like this is awesome it makes brock seem like such an entitled dick that yeah. he's just like these guys are flying all over the world and they could be doing house show loops to entertain all you brock lesnar is just at home going like this is great i'm just gonna do whatever the heck i want and then i'm just gonna win the title is it bad that that makes me like Lesnar? And I'm like, <laughs> Braun and Roman are nerds. <laughs> anyway, this... Uh, there this... was a weird line, though. And I wonder... Mm -hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you there. But there was a weird moment when Corey was on the headset microphone, and I don't think he was meant to be. It almost felt like he was asking the production team a question, but his microphone was still on. Because while Paul was talking, Corey Graves just goes, is Brock Lesnar here? Oh, that could be. But he was talking over... Paul Heyman so Paul Heyman was still chatting and, and it just felt really I that that's me saying it's the production thing it just felt like a really weird moment and then it cuts back and Michael Cole quickly goes no he's not he said he was at home here's the shield <laughs> ba, 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 ba. <laughs> yeah. play me off uh, yeah so the shield came down for their main event against the dogs of war this was a rematch from Saturday and you know they had a long match on Saturday I it was one of the many matches that could have had five minutes cut and be better for it but it still told a really good story. I can't fault it for that. This match went... It was like the... Told a, also a very good story and was five minutes shaved off. Maybe that happened in the commercial break. I thought this was a cracking main event. Yeah, I really, really enjoyed this. It was... And, like, Dolphin Drew get taken out at the start and Braun's really annoyed. He's like, get your crap together! And, the, you know, he's trying to, like, command these troops. He's got a great shouting in-the-ring voice. He does, Because you yeah. can hear him wherever you are. And it's really great as well because what I liked about this match... It, not only does it sort of play off on the, the angle they did earlier with Braun and uh, Drew sort of having a pop at Dolph for being the weak link and you know the storyline they've been telling for the last couple of weeks with that but in the background you it almost made you forget about the is Dean turning on the shield is there some dissension in this mm. group you were so focused on Braun shouting at Drew and shouting at Ziggler to pull your weight that you just forgot about that whole Dean thing. So the finish of that match felt all more impactful because it made you remember that. Because at the end of it, Drew gets the pin on Dean when Roman and Seth were on the outside taking care of business out there. And at the end taking of it... Taking care of business. And at the end the of Michael Cole over here. <laughs> you get a new haircut and you're all taking care of business. What an ovation. John Cena's the greatest of all time. Um, and like so Roman and Seth get in the ring and they're like darn shucks we, we lost that one and Dean is just like F this he just rolls out the ring and just storms to the back mm. really really interesting end to Raw it's, it's vague yeah you, it could go either way Dean could very easily just be going through some personal stuff right now yeah. and he's actually totally with the shield but He's going to walk off a lot and he's going to be moody. But at the end of the day, he's going to be there for you, brothers. Or it could be, nah, I'm annoyed at not being a champion. And 
Braun is speaking some sense. Yeah. So it's yeah, it's really really cool. Really interesting. Uh, I, I, and the match itself was really good. Yeah, uh, it was the really, Roman really good. did like it went about five minutes of normal WWE paint by numbers stuff, and then it just went chaotic with Roman doing his great dive over so the top. So impressive. Bro, uh, there was a great bit. So all. It was like everyone pairs off. I'm not so into Roman and Braun, but when Drew and Dean get together and start tussling, I love that. Mm-hmm. And when Dolph and Seth get together and start tussling, that's also brilliant. Yeah. And there was a bit where Seth and Dolph suplexed each other over the top rope to the outside. Yeah. Which I love that spot. It's very rarely done. It was really cool. And like Roman hits a spear on the outside. It did feel very chaotic around and it was around ringside. And it was mm. really good fun. Yeah, and at the end of it, um, Drew hits the Claymore out of nowhere for the win I thought that match ruled but even more than the Dean stuff I preferred I thought that the standout moment of the match was when Braun caught Dolph by the throat and he was like I'm angry with you and Drew just pushes his shoulder off yeah and they have this stare down that goes for about 10 seconds and then the shield break it up yeah but man a a baby face Drew versus a heel Braun <laughs> Hashtag yes, Take please. Take my money. Absolutely. Yeah, I thought it was a, a, a corking main event. So I was very interested after watching this to speak to you about this show because last week, controversially, mm-hmm. you gave that show a perfect five out of five, an in or yeah. rating. Yeah. Um, not everyone agreed with you, um, but some statistically <laughs> statistically we've got the numbers some people said that you know they they agreed with you that it was an absolutely stalking uh, an absolutely corking show and you said that a show needs three really good moments mm. to get an, an in or out of you so what did you give it this week i gave it a high core so four out of five you know a smidgen off of five out of five uh, i really like the main event i like the finish um but but really there was a lot of stuff that happened like people returning, lots of heel turns. But I never thought that any of those were actually... There was no substance there. Mm-hmm. They, they, they were just things that happened. And that's a very Raw After Mania thing from the last few years. And I never give those shows five out of five either. I'm just like, this was really fun as a one-night thing. But really, how does it tie into the rest of the stories they're telling? That's why I liked last week so much. Because after this really building, bubbling... DX Brothers of Destruction feud you had that awesome like that was the killer angle for me that tipped it over the edge when Taker and Kane appeared Shawn Michaels' first big bump like that in a long time and then they pose at the top of the ring and you had all the Dean Ambrose stuff that I thought was just expertly told throughout the night uh so that yeah, all of that really, and the opening segment was good too. But I can't remember what it what it was. That's how good it was. Uh, but all of this stuff like Ronda Rousey and the Bellas. Not into that. Don't really care. It's just, it's a thing that's happened, and I'll watch it, but mm-hmm. I don't care. Uh, the Kevin Owens and Bobby Lashley stuff was good, but really, that has come out of nowhere too. Not in a good way either, like a, a succinct way. The only thing that was really a home run, 100%, was the main event and the Battle Royal. So, yeah, yeah. four out of five for me. I'm in agreement with you. Five. I'd have given it a high four out of five as well. Um, I was actually thinking, like, after the show finished, I was like, that's an in-or show for me. Mm. Like, that is a five out of five show for me because this show, not only did I really enjoy it, it flew by. Yeah, yeah. It, this is two very good weeks of Raw. It yeah. just, it was rapid fire and I really enjoyed it and I was like, and it was a really newsworthy show as mm. well. Um, Spoilt for video titles. Absolutely. <laughs> but looking back on it, 
with the uh, you know the benefit of hindsight going back and to recap these things i think i'm going to slightly go down to that 4.5 thing because yeah you're right the bobby lashley kevin owens double turn is newsworthy but it does feel like it's it's not got a lot of substance in there um and the, similar with the ronda bella stuff very interesting but i'm not that into the bellas so i don't really buy into ronda's plight despite the how in fact i, I liked her selling and then there was you know some other stuff on the show that was wasn't great uh, you know the trish Stratus promo i did enjoy the segment overall because it was kind of cool to seeing you know trish and Lee. like the nostalgia buzz for you is, is good fun but overall i would say it's four out of five it really it's a five out of five for that that global battle royal mm. thing um it really should just be like that should be the greatest episode of raw this year for that one segment alone it's not how it works Luke. There's no two and i and know a half other no hours. There, that's right so I'm, I'm going with a high core This in from Aaron Black. You may or may not remember me, but I left a review a while back under the alias Trusic Kids. But I'm currently watching Monday Night Raw with my lady partner, and she has no wrestling knowledge, but she just said, Dolph Ziggler, why does the record scratch before his music starts? It sounds effing stupid. Mm. I just thought I'd share this little sentiment with you guys. You're the only way I make it through work. Thank you for... Thanks for being you guys. P.S. I'm ranking... My, the ranking of you guys is Luke Laurie, Wonder Ollie, and then regular Ollie, uh, regular Ollie. Nah, just kidding. I love all of you. Well, that was beautifully read. <laughs> it was beautifully written. It was difficult to read, I'll be honest. Uh, we've also got um, this from Harry Iverson. When you, Ollie, and Laurie went to Wrestling MediaCon and eventually met their payer of Mainsville, Madan. Luke, you just came back from your honeymoon, so you showed something off. Matan. Didn't get a tan. Laurie arrives in a white transit, being all like, Marvan! Ollie always wished he could have been a butcher and he sort of he wished he could cook. Maham! When I think of the WrestleTalk crew in the SWAP Nation, I always think of them as Mafam. Hope you enjoy this little silliness of mine uh, and lots of love, the airport bus driver Harry. Thank you very much, I Harry. I thought I recognised that name. Harry gets in touch with us a lot on Twitter, yes. but you wouldn't know because you never respond to people on Twitter. Well, didn't he tell us the stories about uh, the WWE tours in Newcastle? He did indeed. Yeah. Yes. But yeah, I did tw- Twitter's a thing. <laughs> This I rarely look at this from Andrew Lee. Um, he's uh, a little joke here for mm. us. If you want this, a really cool trick to make jalapeno pepper sweeter is to actually take a photo of it with your phone and run some filters on it, or put it in Photoshop. This makes it become a doctored pepper. Uh, coming up next, we've got uh, an email in from. Uh, Can we have more jokes? <laughs> <laughs> well, we can just be silent afterwards. Because that's what Adam and Joe used to do. And we're big fans of them. And we, we would like to rip off their stuff. Absolutely. Uh, this from Dylan from Cork. Hello again, lads. Hope all is well. I'm here with another Rusev Hay involving Rusev WWE UK competitor. I think you'll find that's NXT UK competitor. Tyler Bate. I was and still am a big Tyler Bate fan, but I had an awkward meeting with him in May earlier this year that soured my opinion on him for Ooh. a while. I was at an OTT show in Dublin titled Scrapper Mania, the same show, same show that had the excellent 
Will Ospreay versus Matt Riddle match. And during the intermission, Tyler Bate, who was in the opening match of the night, walked past me to go to the merch stand and sell some of his gear. As he was walking past me, he made a very awkward eye contact and gave me the dirtiest look possible and continued on his way. Huh. I thought maybe I'd read too much into that moment. I went up to his table and introduced myself to him and told him how inspiring it is to meet someone with the exact who is the exact same age that achieved so much in the wrestling world. He simply nodded and didn't reply as I got my picture with him, and then I just walked away very disappointed. However, when I met him the following day, he was a lot more bubbly and friendly than the day before, and it was like meeting a different person. I told him again how much I looked up to him, and he replied with, Cheers, mate. Means a lot. I left that meeting a lot happier than the one before, but left a bit baffled by the contrast in personality from the two occasions. I think I may have just caught him on a bad day for the first time, but at least he made up for it, I guess. Keep up the good work, lads. Much love. Dylan from Cork. Yeah, I think you get snapshots of people's personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, must, it sounds like a bad day. Or, or just like, you know, maybe he was just a bit confused. Maybe he just got off a flight. There are so many things. that could, Maybe he'd had a bad steak. <laughs> maybe it was just a bad steak. Bad cow. Bad cow. Uh, this quickly from Joseph Parr. I'm a long time listener to the show. I hope you remember me. I'm the, uh, the I'm happy. Mm, hang on. Sorry, it's because there's absolutely no punctuation here whatsoever. Okay, here's what the sentence says. I hope you remember me. I'm happy the one whose mum died of cancer. You're still helping me through the day, guys. So, very sorry to, to hear that. Wow. But it was... that was That's an unfortunate way to... Yeah. To, I'm a long-time listener to this show. I hope you remember me. I'm happy the one whose mum died of cancer. You still help me through the day, guys. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, yeah, we're, we're very sorry. Very sorry, but I'm glad that we can help out in some way. I'd like some advice. I'd like to get into the wrestling commentary, uh, not to be modest, but I know I have talent to do it. Uh, I'm like a bloody wrestling move database, but I don't know how <laughs> I'd make, uh, how I'd become one. Well, we need that now that Wikipedia have taken the moves lists off. So he's looking for any advice. Uh, from the place by the first ever Iron Bridge and the home of the Industrial Revolution from your good friend Joseph Parr. So, any advice to get into wrestling commentary? You had a stab at it at one point. Oh my god, that was <laughs> the worst afternoon of my not. No, that's 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 a lot of hyperbole. I yeah. didn't I didn't enjoy it. No, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did, it's hard to you think. Oh, I know. I review, I watch so much wrestling. I could definitely just do a commentating job. No, you can't. Mm. It's completely different. You have to, especially like sure you can do commentary for rest like WWE wrestling at a basic level but can you do wrestling for characters you've never seen before and you just have to make up stuff and you don't know the names of any of their moves that's really difficult because you've got to then approach these people backstage and be like hi i'm doing commentary of the show can you tell me your signature spots your finishing move what is that finishing move and sometimes you've just got a triple a tape with <laughs> six clowns on yeah six clown based wrestlers got to remember each one of them there's dave the clown murder clown and it's not Frank the Psycho Clown. Psycho Clown. Yep. Ugh. Anyway, that was, yeah, that was that's a glimpse into mine. It was. Well, I um, cause I sat in a lot of Dave Bradshaw doing the commentary for those AAA shows. And credit to him, man. He can stay excited, stay at that Dave Bradshaw level for the entire time he's recording those six-hour episodes of, uh, well, six-hour-long yeah. episodes of AAA. A bit of a slog. Yeah. But right. yeah, I, I would say to that person, uh, just find your local promotion and they obviously won't let you do, you haven't got any experience, it sounds. They won't let you do commentary right away, but 
just keep turning up and helping out at shows and eventually they'll go hey do you want a commentary for this match and you'll say yeah and then you do that and then they'll, you what, learn what do you stuff say? yeah yeah <laughs> you learn stuff and you make yourself better next time and Absolutely. that's how you do it uh, finally before we get out of here because we need to have a wrestle talk get better from Denny Cartwright dear Luke Ollie and Laurie I've been a pod swafter for a while now as I love the intros and outros that you don't get on YouTube and I've been excited to hear other people do better with your get better challenge so here is my story Ooh. I first admit that I actually started my diet a few weeks before you began wrestle talk get better but these updates and stories from other people doing the same thing have inspired me it doesn't I- count sorry I've got to cut this off right now then <laughs> So I wanted to say thanks. At the beginning of the year, I was morbidly obese and over 24 stone. I was constantly in pain and embarrassed to show my face around town. I decided near the start of this year to do something about it, and I finally plucked up the courage to go to the gym as well as beginning my healthy eating regime. My vice was fizzy drinks, drinking two plus liters a day, so that was the first thing to go. While today officially marked the 100 pounds lost day. Wow. That's seven stone two pounds to us Brits and I wanted to share a child and I wanted to share and say thank you for helping me stay on the straight and narrow my goal is 12 stone so I'll hopefully update you when I get there keep up the good work boys from one of your pledge hammers play mega drive holy moly congratulations play mega drive so that is what so that's 24 minus uh, 7 is 14 it's like 17 is it? Oh, you can tell my bath isn't yeah. good. Yeah, uh, I, I, I did, I did twenty-four there. What's the seven? Oh, I don't even know how. You're I going to like the twenty-four hour clock. I'm trying to, I'm yeah, trying to figure I, it I, out. I don't know how I got there. I really don't. Did you say fourteen? Yeah. Maybe. Maybe I just thought of seven. Yeah, sevens times two because there's sevens involved. <laughs> and twenty-four is. 10 above 14. Yeah. So it started at 24. Yeah, you started at 24. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know how I got there, but either way, congratulations. You are actually very close to your goal. So yeah, well yeah. done, man. To get that in a year is very, very impressive. I um, I've, I was a big fan of fizzy drinks as well, but uh, I like famously last year, famously, 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 famously amongst my friends, <laughs> I gave it, just gave it up for the year. And now, actually, I, I can't really drink fizzy drinks. It's, it's, they're too sweet. Yeah. Um, they're, woo, too sweet. Uh, whoop, whoop. So, yeah, uh, all too gassy for me. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but congratulations, Play Mega Drive. Uh, very really, proud of you. Very man. proud of you. Thank you for emailing in. Obviously, keep your Wrestle Talk Get Better emails coming in. And your Rusev Hayes and your Agony Arts advice. This has been a very long intro and outro day. I really need the loo. So, we're going to get on out of here. We'll see you tomorrow for the SmackDown review where the, we've got three matches already announced. We've got Samoa Joe versus Jeff Hardy. Randy Orton versus The Big Show. Say what? And Charlotte versus Becky Lynch for the SmackDown Live Women's Championship, where if Be- uh, Becky is DQ'd, she will lose the championship. So I guess we're either getting screwiness or a new champ. So mm. who knows? But we'll tune in tomorrow and we'll find out. Take care. I love you. Goodbye.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.